Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez. The streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas where we've got you covered with all of the news, analysis, and opinion that you need on the Dallas Cowboys. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's talk about some of the latest Cowboys, Cowboys news that have been going on over the last 24 hours. And that is pretty much on the trade deadline front. No news at all because the Cowboys decided not to make any trades on Tuesday nor on Monday. There was one trade last week for Jonathan Hankins. We cannot act like that didn't happen. I think that would be unfair to the Cowboys front office. Uh, they did trade for a defensive lineman, which was a position of need for the Cowboys. We've talked a lot about the run defense. Jonathan Hankins was brought in to help out the, the, the run defense. And I think that he had a good game for Dallas on Sunday versus the Bears. Not like he played a lot, but, you know, when he was on the field, he didn't make mistakes. He did his things, uh, occupied blocks, which is what you want from a guy like Hankins. You don't want him to show up on the stat sheet with one sack, uh, three sacks or something like that. Maybe not even with tackles for a loss. You just want him to eat blocks and to allow his teammates to go and make plays. So that was a good trade. That was a solid trade by the Cowboys. Uh, we, we cannot act. Like that didn't happen. But still, on Tuesday, Cowboys Nation was expecting, uh, or, or some in Cowboys Nation, were expecting maybe a trade for a wide receiver, maybe a big name like Chase Claypool or Brandon Cooks, or maybe a smaller name like, say, Kendrick Byrne from the New England Patriots, who ended up being untraded. But you saw some of the price tags for some of these wide receivers. You know, Chase Claypool went to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. And then you had something like, you know, DJ Moore staying put in Carolina. You had Kendrick Byrne doing the same over at the New England Patriots. So there were a lot of moves on Tuesday, but not at wide receiver. Just Chase Claypool was the, was the major move. Oh, Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons, who was suspended is heading to Jacksonville. So that's also another interesting move. But the Cowboys decided to stick with what they have. And now I think that the most important question is, what do we make out of the Brandon Cooks deal? Because the Cowboys were apparently interested 
in Brandon Cooks. Some reporters out there are saying that the Cowboys were actually in conversations with the Houston Texans. If you checked out Cook's Twitter feed and you checked out his likes, you would see that he liked a lot of rumor tweets putting him with the Vikings and one from Ed Verder from ESPN discussing the Cowboys' need for a wide receiver. But my question from me to you is this one. Before we get into all of the details of the day and some of the news around the Dallas Cowboys, would you have given up a second-round draft pick for Brandon Cooks, yes or no? According to some reports, including what Mike Fisher published over at Sports Illustrated, that was more or less the price tag for Brandon Cooks, a second-round draft pick. Would you have given up that for Brandon Cooks, yes or no? Let me know in the comments whether you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. That's quite a lot, especially for a player with $18 million guaranteed for 2023 and a player that's going to be 30 years old in 2023. Would you have been okay with that? Second round draft pick is quite a lot, especially for a Cowboys team that we got to give them some credit. They're good at drafting. I know that we have some complaints. I know that Taco Charlton happened. I know that we're not happy about the Jalen Tolbert situation right now. But still, uh, Dallas is a good team at finding talent in the draft. And I think that those who think that they aren't, more or less have not checked out what's going on with the other 31 teams in the NFL because uh, the Cowboys are a good drafting team, in my opinion. If you compare them to plenty of these super... Uh, uh, these teams around the NFL. I was going to say Super Bowl teams, but that was not what I meant. My bad. Let's see some of your comments here. No, says Craig over at Facebook. Six to Midnight also goes with the no. Stargazer says no. Uh, I'm pretty much everyone in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat goes with no. We've got Dexter here. Uh, Floyd says no. Our best receiver plays for Cleveland. No, says... Uh, over here, Mills, uh, Randy goes with no. Kenneth Fraser goes with no. Kenneth, man, I, I wish that I could. That's that's automatic. You know, the top fan batch on Facebook, that's given out automatic automatically by Facebook itself. Uh, I don't think that we have any control over who uh, gets the top fan batch or not. I'm sorry about that one. Peter Rizzo says, nope. Toxic Tom says, yes, I want to win a damn Super Bowl. Cooks is better than what we would take in the second anyway. Is he, though? That's my question here. I'm not sure that, that he would be better than a second-round draft pick, especially at a position like wide receiver, which is so talented every year at in the draft. Wide receiver is. So I don't know. I think that it's fair to say that that was a, a steep price to pay for a guy like Brandon Cooks. And I love Brandon Cooks. I just think that I cannot ignore that that uh that price tag in the contract plus the fact that you're giving up a second rounder i do, i respect the cowboys for not pulling off that one trade uh you know you you got sam williams for example with the 54th pick and that was a hell of a pick for dallas it's paying off quite well for them and i think that there are some of those examples for dallas maybe not exactly in the second round but we've seen them be good in the nfl draft 
Uh, now, 60 Midnight says, we do miss quite a bit in a second. And that is true. But also, when you have a draft process put together, it's not like you can give up all of these, you know, rolls off the dice because you miss on the second round draft picks and not in the third round draft picks, for example. You need your best shot at selecting your at selecting your guys. And whether in recent years you have missed on the second round or not, kind of doesn't matter that much. Like it obviously matters, but in my opinion, it's like you just don't know where you're going to hit and when you're going to miss. Brian says Trevon Diggs is a second round pick also. Yeah, I think that it's fair that the Dallas Cowboys did not want to give up a second rounder. Now, that being said, I also would take into account the fact that you do have C.D. Lamb and you do have Michael Gallup. I'm all for getting a number three wide receiver, all for that. But C.D. is supposed to be your number one guy. And for the most part, he's delivered. I know that there have been some tough drops here and there along the way. You know, that one versus the Giants, difficult to forget. The one that happened against the Rams, even though the Cowboys won that game, you still cannot really understand why CD dropped that one. Maybe some are frustrated that he didn't follow up on that play that was an interception versus the Chicago Bears towards the end of the first half. But he still found ways to contribute a lot on offense and has shown flashes or of being that number one wide receiver with his route running, with the respect that he demands from the secondary, with some of the matchups like the one against Dory Jackson, who he beat constantly throughout the game versus the Giants. So I do think that you have a number one wide receiver in C.D. Lamb right now, or at least he is going to get there. But if you have that, and then you have a, pl a player like Michael Gallup, who you can isolate and you can do stuff with him one-on-one -on -one and throw him the ball vertically, 50-50 balls, demanding the respect of the secondary as well. You could make the argument that the Cowboys don't need Brandon Cooks on this wideout group. I strongly believe that. And he will be 30 years old in 2023, which is an issue. It always is an issue, especially when the number is $18 million. And you guys know what I, where, where I stand with the salary cap, which is it's highly manipulable. You can do whatever you want with it. You can open up cap space any moment that you want. But still, I think that, I think that the Cowboys, with Dak Prescott on their center and the couple of wideouts that they have in Lamb and Gallup, they might have been smart to hold on to that second rounder. Six to Midnight says, I would have given a second for Claypool. And maybe that's even more fair because Claypool is a younger wideout and a guy that you can still hope to develop. Barry says, quit running three tight ends, start running more slants with Turpin or even a deep wideout, says Barry. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of running slants with Kevontae Turpin. I've talked about this specifically here on the, on the primetime show. I'm not a fan of running slants with Kevontae Turpin. I think that that's a dangerous proposition and one that hurts to even imagine. And I don't, I don't mean like emotionally hurt. I just mean like physically. 
I don't want to see a slant in which there's a crashing safety coming over the middle. Plus, I don't think I don't think that a Kevante Turpin is your, you know, full route runner. We have not seen that at least. I do want the Cowboys to get Kevante Turpin involved. You know, his speed is dangerous. And you saw the Bears kind of respect the speed when they run the end around on the 49-29 win over the Bears. The Dallas Cowboys lined up with Sean McKeon as a fullback, Kevante Turpin with the motion, end around run. And then the following play, it was a play-action throw to CeeDee Lamb with all of the defense kind of going towards Turpin, biting on that play and then giving up the, the, the pass. So I know that he can do stuff like that. I just, I, I am not sure if I trust Kevante Turpin to be a full-time route runner. I don't know if he has that. I just don't know. Let's see. Toxic Tom says, Mo, what do you think this same tired plan is now going to work when it has already been proven to not work? What plan exactly? Tommy says, Mo, you are a true optimist. I do value a second round draft pick probably more. I will, I will give you that. I just understand why. I just, I just understand. I, I do understand why I wouldn't pay Brandon, a second round pick for Brandon Cooks. I wanted the Cowboys to pull off a trade. Do not get me wrong. And I'm not happy about the fact that they didn't for a wideout. You even heard me talk about it. I think that what I wanted personally, and this was me, I wanted to exploit one of those low-cost trades that you get pretty much every year. And as a rule, I say that when you are expecting a trade, you need to, in your mind, kind of reduce what the compensation will be because some of these trades are cheaper than they seem. Think about Kendrick Byrne. You could probably get Kendrick Byrne for a third round draft pick. That's the kind of move that I wanted to make. Or look at the Bills. You know, the Bills were in the mix for Alvin Kamara. The Bills were in the mix for Christian McCaffrey. They didn't pay overpay for any of those guys. And they got Naheem Hines. And they got Naheem Hines for pretty much nothing. They got him for a conditional fifth round pick. That's a low cost trade for a player that can both run the ball and pass and caught, catch the ball. Excuse me. I think those are the teams that really exploit the trade deadline. I'm not sure that I would have been a fan of getting Brandon Cooks for a second rounder. I think that would have been a, a high price for a wide receiver that will be 30 years old next, next season. He will stay put, by the way. Brandon Cooks will. We will see him be a Texan. He's not happy about that, judging by his social media accounts. Well, let's see. Let's see some of your comments here. I wanted a Moore or a Judy. Those eight, the, those are the only ones that move the needle for me, says Tommy. But then, Tommy, then you kind of agree with me here. I would have also given up a high draft pick for either of those two. They're younger. I think they're more versatile. I think you can trust them with a lot more. I, I do agree with that one. I'm not saying that the Cowboys should not have made any move 
I just think that Brandon Cooks was kind of a steep price for Dallas. But anyways, let's move on a little bit here on the show. Uh, Tristan Hill did get cut, did get waived by the Dallas Cowboys. So that's one defensive tackle out of the team already. And that is expected to be, according to Michael Gelkin's report on Dallas Morning News, that is expected to be in order to make some room for defensive end Terrell Basham, who the Cowboys were apparently getting ready to, to return to the roster. And they tried to trade Tristan Hill. I don't know what you would have gotten for Tristan Hill if you traded him. Probably not much more than a seventh pick or a sixth round pick. But Hill is out. Hill is out of Dallas. One of those names that, that you kind of know that will remain on the radar for the Cowboys if some injuries occur. But so far, Tristan Hill out of the Dallas Cowboys. He's waived and... You could see it. You, you could look at that as having less depth at defensive tackle, but you could also see it as having more depth at the defensive line overall because Basham is a good player. And I thought that Basham was one of those roster bubble guys before the injury. And I thought that his place in the roster was kind of at risk. But now the Cowboys get him back healthy in week nine, heading into the bye week. And I think that's, that's some good stuff. I don't really have a big-time opinion on Tristan Hill getting waived. I think it makes sense if it is to make space for, for Tristan Hill. This, all of this does beg the question, what now? Where do you go from here if you are the Dallas Cowboys? You didn't add talent at the trade deadline. When you, you could very well, I was talking about this, at lunch with some people that are NFL fans. You could be one of the top three teams in the NFC. My argument and the argument that I was making with these people was Eagles at number one, the Cowboys at number two, and 49ers at number three. Those to me are the three top teams in the conference right now. And that has a lot to do with the Buccaneers not fulfilling expectations. The same with the Packers and the Rams. Those three were the favorites, but if we kind of check our priors at the door, then none of those might belong in the top three of the conference. The Cowboys have a top-tier defense, one of the best pass defenses in the NFL, which to me is more important than a run defense, honestly. And then a good offense. You know... Tonya, for example, here on the Facebook chat says, but Dak needs to get his grown man on. Stop being afraid of getting touched. Cooper Rush, keep doing what you're doing. Man, I don't know. I didn't see a Dak Prescott that was afraid of getting touched on Sunday. Not going to lie. I thought that we saw a Dak Prescott willing to run the football. He ran the read option in for the touchdown. He got a 25-yard quarterback sneak. Didn't shy away from the contact, by the way, on that quarterback sneak. And then he, he was running some RPO stuff later in the game as well. So I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that about Dak Prescott. Uh, the Cowboys have a, have a good offense. And from what I saw on Sunday, I'm kind of excited about where they might be headed if they keep that up. I think that Kellen Moore had a, one of his best outings yet last Sunday. It might have to do with who they were playing, but also when you 
watch the game closely, you kind of see some solid concepts. You kind of see some unpredictability from them as well. So some overall good stuff. And my point was, with an offense that looks this sharp and a defense that can generate pressure better than any other team in the NFL can, you've got yourself a contender. So I wanted a wide receiver, but the Cowboys didn't go get one. And now my question is, how do we feel about the wide receivers? What can we expect now? That's my question from me to you. Is your confidence on the wide receiver group and taking into consideration the return, the possible return of James Washington? So imagine the wide receiver group right now. You get CD, Gallup, and then potentially James Washington after the bye week. And that's a big if because we really don't know where James Washington stands. Say that you do get James Washington back. And then you get maybe Noah Brown and Kevontae Turpin. That is some, somewhat of a solid group of five. How would you feel with those five? You, would your confidence be strong, moderate, or shaky on the wide receiver group? Where would your confidence be? Let me know in the chat. And while you do that, let me talk to you about our friends over at Freeman Mazda. And then after that, of course, I will give you my answer too. Is your confidence on wide receiver on the wide receiver group strong, moderate, or shaky? Let me know your comments. And check out the Freeman Mazda right of the week. That would be the 2023 Mazda CX-30 Carbon Edition. This one you can check out over at their website. It starts at $30,000. $290. It's got all-wheel drive, auto climate control, sunroof, heated leather memory power seating, a blind spot monitor because safety is first, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 31 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check that out over at freemanmazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. And of course, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. So let's see what you guys think about the wide receiver group. Where would your confidence be? And I will give you my answer as well here shortly. Uh, Carlos says yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, moderate for Gregory. Ed goes with meh, which I would take as moderate. Team Halls is strong. Adams is moderate. Sebastian says moderate as well. Moderate for Stargazer. Uh, moderate for Drake, Desmond with moderate, borderline shaky is Toxic Tom, shaky for six to midnight. I would say moderate because I love, I love the top two group. I love C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallo. That's a duo that I can trust a lot. I don't know that I love any of these three number three guys. I don't know that I like uh, James Washington that much, especially after the injury. You guys know that I was pretty high on James Washington, and I still sort of am. I'm just concerned about his health. I think that Washington could provide the Cowboys with a lot more than many would expect. I think that he was wasted, absolutely wasted, when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, the fact that Matt Canada might be about to get fired kind of makes me feel way better about where number 83 stands. 
So I would say moderate, but I am closer to strong than I am to shaky, for sure. I'm not, I'm not, you know, downgrading my confidence level into shaky yet. At the beginning of the year, I didn't feel confident at all because I didn't know where Michael Gallup stood. I didn't know where he was, when he was going to come back. But now we, we have not only seen Michael Gallup come back, but I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry for those who kind of thought that Gallup was going to take time to be fully back. That guy is fully back. He really is. He can win in those contested situations. He can run routes quite well. He can deal with contact. Gallup is 100% at this moment, in my opinion. I know that the torn ACL sucks and all of that, but I have not seen a Michael Gallup that has been limited because of his injury. He might not be featured on the offense because you're trying to do a lot of different stuff, but I'm confident in Michael Gallup right now. And that helps a lot in my in where I stand with the with the Cowboys wide receivers. And then Gregory has a solid solid comment here. He says, "Do not forget our tight ends. We just talked about, or you know, last night we talked about that group of tight ends that he can use that Kellen Moore essentially used to replace three wide receiver sets." Because he, he was playing with Charles Ferguson and Hendershot, and he was not limiting them to condensed looks. He was spreading them out, and he was willing to throw them the ball in screen passes, but also in solid concepts, like, you know, stick concepts, slant concepts, and all of that. All of that, in my opinion, really goes a long way into what the Cowboys could do on offense uh, moving forward. I do feel better about this, uh, you know, personnel that the Cowboys have right now other than, you know, beyond the possibility of adding another wide receiver. I think that the Cowboys could be well at, at their skill positions. Let me see some of your comments here. Peace out. Says uh, Jameson, shout out to Jameson for joining the show. We've got uh, Star saying the offense is good. Barry says this next game, Gallup is going to ball out. Not a top 10 duo. So 6 to midnight. I would need to double check that in, you know, around the league. But, but this might be fair. I wouldn't be surprised if it is fair. I would be surprised if they're not. Close to being a top 10 duo. C.D. Lamp and Michael Gallup. Would need to sit down though and, and do the math. Probably. Jeffrey says, yes, you see the Eagles going all out to get even better. But if you're planning on getting LBJ, uh, OBJ, I would assume, then I would have given up a second round pick for a cook. Says Jeffrey. Yeah, that, that's, that's the concerning part for sure. That's a concerning part that, you know, the Eagles are doing quite a good job building that team. Toxic Tom says, Mo, compare our wide receiver unit compared to the best teams in the NFL. Stephon Dix and Gabe Davis is a pretty solid group, and they have a very solid group of slot wide receivers with the Buffalo Bills. There's Isaiah McKenzie. There's uh, Jameson Crowther, Khalil Shakir from Boise State. It's a strong group over at Buffalo. But then again, that's the Bills, and they're my, my respect to the Bills. 
I compare them to the 2013 Legion of Boom team and the 2017, uh, 2007 Patriots, to be honest. And then there's the Chiefs. I think that the Cowboys might have an argument to be a better wide receiver group than the Kansas City Chiefs. There's Juju Smith-Schuster there. There's MBS. Uh, there's Travis Kelsey. Now, you could count him as a wide receiver, honestly. I don't know if we're doing that. But if we're not, then the Cowboys do have a better group of wide receivers, starting wide receivers. Maybe not in terms of depth. I would say that the Chiefs have better depth at wideout. Uh, but I do like the Lamb and Gallup duo better. Who else is a, considered a top team in the NFL? Uh, the, the Eagles are better, 100%. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, that's a very good duo. And then they have some depth after that. So I would give that to the Eagles, I think. A.J. Brown is quite good. But they're close. They have to be close. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell are also above the Cowboys for sure. But my point is, man, you can do pretty much everything with C.D. and Gallup in there. I think that there is no excuse for Kellen Moore, for example. I wouldn't. I would have given him a pass for week one when he only had C.D. Lamb and he didn't have anyone else to spread the football around. But now that he has Michael Gallup in there as well, I would not give Kellen Moore an excuse in terms of personnel. We're only the third best duo in our division, in our own division since 6 to midnight. Says, uh, Nick says, bro, you on crack if you think Cowboys wide receiver core better than the Chiefs. Well, the core, you know, if we're including depth, I don't think that. I, I, I just said that. But I will say that I, will, I would take the Cowboys starting set of wide receivers over the Chiefs starting set of wide receivers. I do feel comfortable saying that. Mostly because of CD being a number one guy, which I think that the the Chiefs have not had, and one of their issues have been that opponents have been playing more man coverage on them because of that. I think that's a first statement. I actually think that's a first statement. Once more, if we're talking about the starters, and if we can even you know zero it in on the top two guys, yeah, I think that CD and Gallup are better. I'm not saying that the offense is close to being better because the Chiefs, to me, with Andy Reid leading the charge, there is nothing else there. You know, uh, the, the Chiefs are the best in the NFL, even though they don't have those top-tier wideouts, which is kind of the point here as well. You don't have to have the best wideout group to be an efficient offense, right? Look at Andy Reid and the Chiefs. But man, come on. Who's the top two for, for Kansas? Smith, Schuster, and Baldis Cantling? I don't think it's outrageous to think that Gallup and, and CD are better. That top end. Maybe in depth, the Chiefs are, are, are better, right? But anyways, we're, we're zeroing in on the, on the offense because that's what we're talking about here, the wideout position. I think that at the end of the day, how we feel about the Cowboys wide receiver group a month from now or two months from now will likely depend on where James Washington stands coming back from injury. Because we're somewhat confident in Noah Brown. We have seen what he's able to do, and that's fair. 
but a Washington could be a guy that gives you that deep threat, that gives you that ability to stretch the field vertically. While you have a guy that can win in isolated situations, and while you have a guy that you can manufacture touches to, which would be C.D. Lamb. Because the Cowboys at least have done a good job targeting C.D. Lamb quite a lot over the first eight weeks of the season. So some respect there to, the, to how the Cowboys have done things. If James Washington comes back strong, we might feel quite all right about not trading for a wideout at the deadline. And then how else could you get some help down the road? The only thing that I can think of is getting back Tyron Smith, who can upgrade your offensive line maybe. And I've been back and forth on this because at first I thought that it was a, a guarantee for Tyron Smith to take over Tyler when he came back. And then Tyler started playing quite all right. And, and it, it was tougher to make that decision because you're balancing, do I want to risk Tyler's development or do I want the best group of five out there? And as we have seen over the past couple of weeks or maybe three weeks, teams are kind of going after Tyler Smith in past pro situations, and I don't blame them. One of the examples, one of the early examples was the Rams placing Aaron Donald at the edge, even though he is a defensive tackle and exploiting that weakness. I wouldn't be surprised if more and more teams go on and do that. And this is not roasting Tyler Smith because that would be dumb. This is more than anything, just finding that weak spot. And, and Tyler enter and still have been facing more and more isolated situations because teams have identified that probably. So I do think that right now your best group of five includes Siren in there and Tyler inside. So that, that's one way to get better. Stephen Jones said that it could take three to four weeks to get Tyron Smith back. Uh, let's imagine that he comes back mid-December. That could be a big upgrade for the offense as well. And I know Tyron gets hurt and all of that, but your best group of five offensive linemen, I cannot get on board with saying that that includes Connor McGovern in there and not Tyron Smith. Not doing that here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I just can't. It would be in my opinion, utterly wrong. Your best group of five does not include Connor McGovern and excludes Tyron Smith. It can't be. The best group of five needs to include Tyler and Tyron. So that's where I would be at right now. I have had my, you know, my second thoughts on that one, uh, especially over the weeks that Tyler Smith was looking mistake-free. But now that we have seen more past pro situations, 11 personnel and, and, and all of that. Uh, we, we have seen NFL teams try to exploit that spot, in my opinion. Let's see. Let's see here in the, in the Facebook chat. We should throw to Pollard around seven, ten, seven times a game, says Gregory. There is no I in team, but there is an I in meat pie. It's a six to midnight. Stephen says, uh, the, I mean, Bruce says, Stephen also said they had dry powder to make moves, says Bruce. Joe says, I hate the Eagles, but they probably have the best receiving group in the NFL. Yeah, the Eagles have a solid group for sure. It's a team game, both offense and defense, says Toxic Tom, 100%. Tyrant Smith is the GOAT, says Jaman over here uh, on the YouTube chat. And I agree with that for sure. <laughs> 
I don't know if the, the absolute goat, but man, he is good, is what I mean. He really is good. Toxic Tom says, we are really going to bank on Tyron Smith again. How many times are we going to learn this lesson? What lesson is that exactly? And I love, I love Toxic Tom because he, he keeps things interesting with his comments. I will give you that, Toxic, for sure. And I do love you. <laughs> the L world. There, there you go. Uh, all kidding aside, what does that mean? Banking on a future Hall of Famer? Yeah, I will. I don't mind that. Honestly, my biggest question about banking on Tyron Smith, and I understand the health issues, but my biggest question on that is Tyler Smith's development. 100% would bank on Tyron Smith, for sure. Floyd says, foot for thought, Mo. If a bad team runs over 200 yards, we are in some trouble, says Floyd Wright. See, but the thing is, if you mean the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears might be a bad team overall, but they're a good running team. They came into this game with the highest run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. We, and I, I know that it might sound like, you know, optimism to say that, and that would be fair if we had said that after the game. But that was part of the preview for the game. We knew that the Bears were going to be able to run the football because they're good at it. Now, in the playoffs, if we're, if we're talking about, you know, the 49ers, if we're talking about the Eagles, now that's a little bit more of a concern, Floyd. I, I do agree there. But I have seen a lot of, you know, panic about allowing over 200 rushing yards to the Chicago Bears. I am not, I, I am not like panicking about it. I, I think that the Cowboys need to get better on run defense. Yes, I do. I also think that this is still one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think that is valid. Mark Felix is uh, first time on here. Welcome into the show, Mark. We're here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor and hit the thumbs up. Hit the like button. If you like what you are watching, uh, hit the thumbs up and put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. That's what you would do by hitting the thumbs up. Tommy says, Mo is a true optimist and Tom is the exact opposite. Man, we, we could even have, we could even have like this undisputed show, Toxic. <laughs> I am an optimist, but I do keep it real. I, I, I will say that. Uh, I think that at least. Because I have criticized a lot of the Cowboys before too. Barry says, Pollard, Steele, and a few others going to be gone next year, unfortunately. I don't think the Terrence Steele will be gone. I have been preaching this since the beginning, says Barry Fish. If Parsons could be traded, Jerry would just do it to get controversial, says Barry. Nah, come on. Come on. That wouldn't happen, I don't think. Now, I will say this. Uh, let me make sure real quick about what I'm about to say, but I don't think the Terrence Steele will be gone. I thought that the Cowboys would have been smart to maybe extend Terrence Steele before the season started. But yeah, that won't happen for Terrence Steele because he is, uh, his contract does expire, but Terrence Steele is a restricted free agent. 
that means that the Cowboys will be able to tender him. And since he is undrafted, it wouldn't be too expensive because you wouldn't have to protect him with a first round uh, tender or something like that. You can protect her and steal with the tender. And if any team offers him a deal, you can match their offer. Uh, restricted free agency is very different from unrestricted free agency. I think that I think that that could be good news for Dallas. Tyron says, Mo, next show, can we have a breakdown or where the most rushing yards are coming from on defense? Left or right, A, B, or C gap, and who's in at the time giving up the most yards? I like the idea, Tyron, for sure. I'm not sure if I can, uh, you know, make that happen for tomorrow night. Let me see. But let's try to have that analysis before next game, for sure. I think that's a very, very interesting topic. Kind of a deep dive into the Cowboys' run defense. I like it. I love it, actually. Let me try to put something together. Uh, I won't promise you that it will happen tomorrow night. But let's see what we can do. And maybe I, maybe I can, you know, take that chance and turn it into, into an opportunity to talk about the... Leighton Banderich conversation as well, which has generated a lot of controversy over here in the YouTube and the Facebook chat. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, one more comment. Let me read one more comment. And then we can get into the one cool thing of the week. Dexter says, who do we cut to keep Pollard if he's gone next year, Mo? Says Dexter Williams. Man, the running back situation will be fun next offseason. Because we love Pollard. Yes, we do. Are you going to make the same mistake, though, of paying a running back next season? What does Pollard want, too? Does he want to break the bank? Or does he want to stay around and enjoy the ride with the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> it's a tough ask. I, I don't know what will happen at running back, honestly. Uh, you could franchise tag him. Samuel says that in the YouTube chat. You could franchise tag Pollard. My guess, and some people will hate this guess, my guess is that the Cowboys end up with only one of these two guys. And I think that the part that people are going to hate is that I'm not entirely sure that the guy that stays is number 20. I just cannot assure you of that. I can't. I would if I could. Anyways, let's move on to the one cool thing of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are new to the show, this is a segment. This is our feel-good segment of the week. And you can share your one cool thing of the week with us. Uh, that can be something personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. It's kind of a random segment of the week. What is your one cool thing this time around? We were not able to have this segment last week. We had a special guest on, Sean Sierra, who really provided us with a lot of insight on the Chicago Bears ahead of the game. But we're making up for it this time around. What is your one cool thing of the week? Let me know in the comments. I will give you mine. And this one was one that I would have given you since last week but I wasn't able to because of the guest. 
But ADC Sports, ADC Sports as a company won an award, a national award. Well, the way that I understand it is that it's a national award, but it's divided into states for the best startup in the music, sports, and entertainment industry. Shout out to Austin Stanley, to Zach Binham, you know, the bosses of the company. They won that award. And everyone in, in the company did. That was amazing. Uh, so congratulations to everyone who, who is a part of ADC Sports. And thank you to each and every one of you who made that possible as well. ADC Sports is growing. It's, it's amazing to see the company grow. And it's fun. Man, I, I've had a lot of fun over here at ADC Sports. So wanted to shout out the company for the award. Best startup in the music sports and entertainment industry for the next awards, the Nashville next awards. There you go. Uh, what's your one cool thing? Let's see here. <laughs> Man, some of you are some of you are kidding around in the YouTube and the Facebook chat. Floyd says, my one cool thing is Amari Cooper still making Jerry Jones look foolish. You know, at times it was painful. On Monday night, Amari Cooper went on to get 131 yards against the Cleveland Browns. You know what the most interesting part about it was? Amari Cooper was targeted twice at the beginning of the game, and the quarterback that was defending him allowed zero receptions on those two targets. Until Shadobia Wuzier went down injured, Amari Cooper had done nothing. Of course, that happened early in the game. Then Amari Cooper just turned up. 54-yard grab. Absolute clinic near the goal line for the touchdown grab. Very nice game for Amari Cooper. And very nice game for Chidobia Wuzier before the injury. Sucks that it seems like it will be a season-ending injury too. But what I will say is this. I'm still a little bit frustrated deep down that he is not a cowboy anymore. But I also enjoyed just watching Amari Cooper do his thing on Monday Night Football. Kind of enjoyed it. Not because of what it means for Dallas. Just enjoyed watching Amari Cooper play football. That guy is great. 40 burgers says Bruce. That is one cool thing. Six to Midnight says Halloween ends. Wasn't a complete letdown. Okay. <laughs> Give Mo his Emmy, says Samuel Rowe. Thank you to Samuel. Uh, Gregory says, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Gilbert says, became a great grandpa. Ronnie the third. Oh, that's amazing. Shout out to Gilbert. Let's see. Falconelli, thank you for being here on the show. Thank you for your comment. Let's see. <laughs> Tell the founder to give you equity. I might. I might. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to everyone for your comments. Hope that you feel better, Toxic Tom. This Mexican. What, man? <laughs> there you go. My grandpa used to say, nah. <laughs> man, some of these comments. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Some of these one cool things are getting not safe for work. I cannot read some of this. 
Joe says Amari Cooper is balling in Cleveland with a bad quarterback. Imagine what he can do with Dak. Tommy says Micah got his first touchdown. Tyron says, what were you doing before? How did ADC find you? Says Tyron. Man, I, I was over at InsideTheStar.com. I was writing for them. I was also in college. So uh, I joined ADC Sports about two years before college graduation. And I, I don't even remember how they, find, how they found me. But they talked to me once and I joined kind of a, in a small role and Man, I've been excited to grow with the company for sure. And I, I'm very thankful for, for the show and for all of you guys that take time out of your day to, to listen to the show. It really means a lot to me. J-Star says, wife and I own and operate our own hot dog business called Up Dog Hot Dogs. There you go, J-Star. Thank you for sharing for sure. <laughs> Mo doesn't get found. He finds you. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, oh, we ran a little bit long tonight. On ADC Sports Dallas. Oh, shout out to Phil Canelli. He's been following me before I was I was writing for ADC Sports. So he's one of the, you know, one of the early followers. Shout out to Phil Canelli. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for joining the show. Barry says, Are you from Puerto Rico? No, I'm from Mexico. I am Mexican. When is your show anniversary remote? Tommy, that's a very, very good question. I don't know. I need to, I need to, to, to get some research going to give you an answer there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the show. I appreciate you. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, to talk some Cowboys football. And then on Thursday again. We'll keep it entertaining, even though we are in a bye week, I promise. And I will see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. As always, prime time brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. I appreciate the support. Do me a favor and hit the thumbs up. Let's get this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. I want this show to continue growing. It's been so fun so far. And as always, share the show as well. Check out adcsports.com. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Adiós. Hasta luego. Bye bye.